0: Hey guys. Welcome back to this week's episode of the One Broke Actress podcast. You guys know the drill. This is an honest account of actor life plus a few lessons I learn in the process. I'm your host, Sam Valentine, aka One Broke Actress, and I'm super excited because this is episode 10. We've made it to episode 10 of season 3. Holy moly. Two to go, guys. Thank you so much for sharing And giving the episode out to your friends and recommending and putting it on Instagram and subscribing and reviewing and all the things it means the most and also keeps me going as I start thinking about season four. (laughs) Oh God, I already have two guests confirmed, but I'm just very tired thinking about finding 10 more. (laughs) Anywho, let's focus on today's guest. I am so excited to have Miata Adoga on the podcast. She is a working actress herself who created her own financial stability business. And not only that, she is one of the most dynamic speakers I've ever had in a class for actors. And the second I heard her talk, I knew that she had to be on the podcast. She started the company Abundance Bound to try and help get creative people in a better relationship with their finances. And that's her biggest thing is relationship because it's not just about making a budget. We all know that we've all done 10,000 budgets in different realms of our lives and – She talks about today with us about how your relationship with money is more important than the actual budget itself. She talks about if you're going to make one, how to do it effectively in a way you probably haven't done before. She also shares with us how she got herself out of $80,000 in credit card debt and the moment she was working 11 jobs at the same time and trying to do her acting career. And she will tell you a story, guys, that will literally give you goosebumps and the moment that she realized she had to fix her shit, you're going to love her. She is so dynamic. I took a class with her and I knew the second she started talking that I had to have her on this podcast. And I am so excited to finally introduce you to her and her ideas and her free classes, no joke, free, no salesmanship, no nada, like paid for by the Actors Fund, free classes offered to actors. So listen till the end so you can hear all about it. You're going to love her and her realisticness in this career as well as the business aspect. So pins and papers ready, guys. <laughs> Without further ado, please enjoy Miata Adoga. Mm-hmm. So I am here with Miata Idoga. Hi. Hi, Sam. Thanks for taking the time to meet with me today. So happy to. Um, if you guys, the sound sounds a little different. We're in her office today at the SAG building, so it's a little, little different than my typical kitchen setup. <laughs> so why don't you start by telling us um, who you are and what you do, maybe why you live in Los Angeles, because you, you grew up here, didn't you? No,
1: I oh. didn't actually. I was born in New York and I grew up in New Jersey. And then I went to college in Massachusetts. And then I trained in London. So yeah, I've been all over. And then and then I came here. What brought you here? So um, it's a long story. But basically, I was doing a play. And I was very fortunate that uh, John Frankenheimer, the late John Frankenheimer, saw me in the play. Mm -hmm. And he offered just to try to helped me um, have some opportunities here in Los Angeles, and so I was able to come and uh, be a production assistant for him for a little while, and then I had a tiny part in one of his movies, and awesome. I actually um, met a guy on the movie, and I married him three months later. Oh my God! Yeah. That's so cool. We were married almost 22 years, oh so <laughs> Mothers and fathers out there are having heart attacks, but yeah, I got married three months after I met my husband. Yes, yeah. that's awesome. And that kind of so that sealed the deal on Los Angeles, yeah, huh? His career's here, and we just started. You know, we started building our lives here. And
0: God, that's so cool. Yeah. So, did you do theater mainly before you came to LA?
1: I absolutely did, and theater was what I thought that I would make my life doing. I. Um, I started singing probably when I was about 12 Mm -hmm. and dancing. And so musical theater was like everything to me. And then I went to college and they didn't do musicals. And I was like, what? (laughs) I don't understand. What? And, um, but I had an amazing theater 101 teacher and I fell in love. I fell in love with the theater. And then, you know, as I said, I went to London and I fell in love with Shakespeare. And I thought I would do regional theater and kind of travel the country. And but then I, I didn't.
0: <laughs> and then you wound up here. <laughs> exactly. uh, so w- will you explain to everyone what it is you do in L.A. now um, on both sides? Because you do the acting and hold on a sec. My microphone seems to be really high and yours is low. Dragon. Does that work? How's that? Oh, there it even sounds go. a little different to me.
1: Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's you maybe it shouldn't, down. but I, I feel it. Ah, okay. So interesting. Reminds me of singing. <laughs> wow. Now you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, cool. All right. So, so will you explain to everyone then what it is you do in LA now? Because you're still acting. Yes. Twenty two years later in Los Angeles. Yep. Yeah. And yet you found this other cool side of the world that I think is so interesting because it's so left brain right brain. <laughs> yeah,
1: totally. So you know basically what I do, and I I will probably need to tell you a little bit how I got here, but I, (laughs) okay, great. So I um, own a company called Abundance Bound, and we are a financial education company for actors, artists, and creative professionals. So I am basically a financial coach, a financial wellness coach, for creative people, for artists, and yes, that's. I'm also still very much an actor and pursuing my acting career, and um, yeah, and a mom, and
0: yeah. There's so many. <laughs> we'll get to the balance part in a bit. So, how did you? get into the world of finance and budgeting and all these things that so many
1: actors struggle with. Yeah, so I got into it because I struggled with it. And so <laughs> what happened was that I I made a full-on mess of my money um in the early years when I was here and Can I ask how old? You were in that time period? Yeah, so let me think. Um so I would have been 23. Right when I first came out here, Mm -hmm. and um, you know, as I said, when I first came out, I had a few opportunities like I got to work as a production assistant on the film, but but um, in those initial years, it was like, you're trying to audition and you're trying to get parts and submitting myself. But I just was, maybe I'd book a little thing here, a little thing there, and I wasn't earning enough money. Mm-hmm. And so I had to get a day job and that turned into multiple day jobs. And you <laughs> Talk know, to me, sister. <laughs> yeah. And I I always tell people, I mean, there was a point when I had 11 part-time jobs at one time and i just sam i got into massive credit card debt like massive and um did you spend money like haphazardly
0: do you feel like you were spending money on your career because i catch myself doing it all yeah. the whole time i sign up for 17
1: workshops exactly and i'm like it's worth the debt exactly. i don't know exactly so i think it was i'd it and I feel like it almost never is. It wasn't clothes and shoes and vacations. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it was, it was. I would do all the casting directing workshops I could do. And I was in acting class, of course. I think I was in a couple acting classes. <laughs> and you knew headshots. And then you get a new agent who wants different headshots. And like, it. I was spending a lot of money trying to have a career. I was doing a play at one point, I would do plays like down at the Civic Light Opera in South Bay. And you'd make like, you know, 150 bucks a week, but yet you're driving back and forth like that's the gas alone. Mm -hmm. So I feel like the debt was mostly about my career. But at the end of the day, it was that I, it was all mixed up for me, my expenses. So I didn't really know what I was spending. I was spending more than I was earning, right? So to make a long story short, it really hit a breaking point for me where things got really, really bad. And I thought I was going to have to quit.:
0: Will you tell the story you tell? Oh uh, <laughs>
1: Yes.
0: It still gives me cringes, but I would love to, yeah, for people to hear it. It's
1: a terrible story. And basically, what happened was that I was um, waiting tables. And I had the morning shift at this little hotel restaurant in West Hollywood. And I was doing a play down at the Civic Light Opera in South Bay. And I had a matinee that day. It was a 1 o'clock performance, which meant a 12.30 call time. And I was supposed to finish my shift at like 10 or 10.30, so plenty of time. And what happened was my shift ended and my replacement didn't show up. And so the manager was like, I need you to stay while I make phone calls to get somebody in here. And at first you're fine. I mean, you feel like you have a window, but like as time goes on, I'm panicking And she basically decided to play hardball. It was a Saturday morning. She had a full restaurant. She needed me there. And so she refused to cut me. And I would say, I don't know if things have changed. I have no idea. But it meant she refused to close out my register. Mm -hmm. I think it's all the same. It's all the same. Mm -hmm. And she informed me in no uncertain terms that if I wanted to leave, I needed to leave every penny – all the cash, everything that I'd made that day, because she wouldn't close out the register. And that if I took any of the money, I'd be stealing, right? So here I am, I'm like a 23-year-old scared, right? But, Sam, why didn't I? Everyone always says, like, I'm waiting tables. I'm crying. I'm looking at the clock. I'm trying to figure out if I can still make it. And why didn't I leave? Because I needed it. I needed the money. I needed that cash. I needed it for gas. I needed it for the rent that was due in, like, two days. (laughs) I needed it. And so I got to the theater eight minutes before curtain. I will never forget it. Eight minutes. The stage manager was like losing it. I as I did you just in, cry the
0: whole drive.
1: I Sobbed the I whole drive. Would have been a mess. And the stage manager is like, calm down. While she's yelling at me. While dressers are like putting on my outfit. Eight minutes before a curtain oh. with an audience so yeah I I know everyone listening to this is just cringy I I still like you realize this was like more than 20 years ago and I still so I I like I do not remember the performance I did it obviously but I cried for I think days like I think it was a nervous breakdown yeah But when I stopped crying and I never went back to that job, like, you know, but when I stopped crying, I really was like, you have to do something because otherwise you are going to have to quit and you are going to have to go home and like live with your mom and dad. And I just was like, I have to learn. I have to figure this money thing out. And so that started me on obviously my own journey. Mm -hmm. Right. And What ended up happening was just that I very fortunately found some incredible teachers. And I think I shared with you that I ended up putting a very expensive personal finance coaching program on my already maxed out credit (laughs) cards, right? There's irony in that. Um, But I was able to make such progress over that eight-month program that they actually asked me to train, to coach for their company. And so I did that. I went through the training and I coached for their company. That became one of my part-time jobs. I let <laughs> go of a bunch of the other ones. And um, and then three years, I believe, of coaching for their company. And I decided, you know, I really felt like, gosh, I wish someone had taught me this as a human being, but definitely as an artist. And or like I, in high school, yeah, by the way. Yeah, how about it? How about how high that? school? Maybe college, you know, somewhere. Tax prep or something, somewhere. I don't know. But um, I decided to start Abundance Bound, and I wanted it to be specifically for my community, for actors, artists, and creative professionals. And so Abundance Bound is going to be 16 years old. Holy moly. I know. Time Congratulations. Flies. So now everybody knows how old I am. They're just going to do all kinds of math. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> She doesn't look a
0: day over 21. Thank you. Thank you. So what shifted for you after that program? Was it a lot of little things? Because I think sometimes the idea of taking control of your finances seems like just do another budget. And we've all done so many, but I can't count the number of times I've written out my budgets on paper. Right. Right. And I watch my friends do the same thing and they're like, if I just da, 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 and then... We're out to dinner two weeks later, and they're like, I mean, I don't even care. Yeah. So what shifted for you over oh, that program? Goodness.
1: Okay, so there's so many things you you bring up there because, so first of all, and I was sharing this with some students yesterday, if you backed up and took a a, a really wide view at the last 25 years of my life, right, it might look like a steady climb growth, right? Mm -hmm. But if you zero in to any one part, there were so many ups and downs. And I mean, downs, right? I was almost $80,000 in credit card debt. Holy shit. So yeah, (laughs) holy shit. I just started sweating. So that did not go away overnight, right? When the company hired me, it was because I was moving in the right direction. I had a plan to pay back my debt. It wasn't because suddenly I took a few gone. courses and it was gone, mm-hmm. right? So what I, what I believe is that this isn't about a budget. It's not about if I just learn something, if I take a class, you will have a relationship with money for your whole life. You will. We cannot choose not to have a relationship with money. And so unless you want to like go live, you know, in a forest a or on a mountain with the barter Exactly, system, right? right? Exactly. <laughs> so you will have a relationship with money. And if we agree that we all will have a relationship with money, then it will either be a good relationship or it will be a bad relationship, right? And when I say I'm married 21 years, we all understand that doesn't mean I can stop working on it, right? Mm -hmm. On that relationship. I value that relationship, which means I have to keep working on it every day. I have to nurture it and take care of it. And so- our money is the same. There's not a budget and now the relationship is perfect. You have to pay attention to it. You have to communicate with it. You have to be honest. You have to be loving. You have to have a sense of humor. There has to be balance. All the things that you have and bring to any relationship that you value that you're determined to have be good. Yeah. Right. So the work I do with people isn't about, yes, I'm going to teach you how to make a budget, although I hate that word and we don't really <laughs> use it, but, but it's about, all right, Miata, I accept I have to have a relationship. How do I make that relationship a loving and healthy one always? Yeah. Right?
0: So how do we do that? <laughs> As someone who likes to spend money on their career. And I think that's where a lot of actors get caught up is we like to spend money on our career. I don't know a ton of people who spend excess dollars doing things that aren't focused on their goals. Right. Um, but if the money is so ups and downs and so there's a lot to unpack here. So let's start small. Okay. So what is the first step you would tell someone, especially an actor, to get to develop and figure
1: out their relationship with money. Okay. So I always sort of try to tie it back to the value that you're bringing to the relationship. Okay. So one of the first ones that I believe we, a value that we would want to bring to a healthy relationship is honesty. Right. Just the truth. <laughs> and so to me, the first part of, of a healthy relationship with money is getting real about what is happening with your money right now, right? Mm-hmm. And so what many of us do is we um, we think, okay, I got to make a budget, right? Yeah. And so then how do we do that? Well, we sit down and we're like, um, all right, groceries. Uh that sounds good. I'm going to spend $300 a month on groceries. And basically, we're just making shit up. Like, (laughs) we really are. Like, we're just making it up. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, gas for my car, mmm. 125 yeah. right yeah. like and we're <laughs> did, did you see my notebook <laughs> right and we're just trying to like pick numbers that somehow will feel okay and will all add up to work mm-hmm. that especially for people like us does not work so what we have to do first and this can be scary yeah. is we've got to look at the truth of what has been right? Mm -hmm. And what I say to people is I want you to act like you're a detective, okay? So if we could, this is what I would tell you to do. Like, what's the name of a friend of yours? Like uh, Molly. Okay. So what I would say is, okay, Sam, I want you to look at Molly's numbers for the last six months and Molly I want you to look at Sam's numbers for the last six months and basically Molly I'm asking you to get an average of what Sam spends in every category Mm -hmm. and Sam I need you to get an average of what Molly spends in every category okay if I asked you guys to do that you would actually probably find it kind of fun Right. It sounds more fun when you take yourself out of the equation. You take yourself out of the equation. Also, we're all a little curious, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, You kind of want to know what does Molly spend on clothes, right? (laughs) What's Molly out there spending on coffee? I can't wait for her to hear this, (laughs) right? (laughs) And so it it the problem is. You don't want to know what Sam spends on coffee. Yeah,
0: there's like a guilt factor. Exactly. To a bit. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: Right, and a kind of we feel a little sick. Right. We, but. We got to bring honesty because then we can grow, right? If we bring the honesty, then we move forward from actual awareness, not on conscious spending. So that's what I would ask everybody to do first, right? And I just sort of walk you through a process of groceries. We're going to pull six months worth of statements. And we are going to write down every single time we bought groceries over the last six months. We're going to add it up. We're going to divide by six. That's the average amount you spend on groceries. That number when I did this for uh your class was shockingly larger than I anticipated. Was shockingly larger. Uh So when you're making up your budget, right, you're making up numbers that don't have anything to do with reality, Mm -hmm. right? So yeah, you're going to go through and you're going to do that with all of your categories, right? And you're going to do it with the categories also that don't happen every month. So how much last year did I spend on my acting education, right? Yeah. How much last year, like the year I did my solo show, how much did I spend Putting up that solo show. I'm not saying this year I'm going to do a solo show again, but I'm probably going to do some kind of career project, right? So let's get a sense what we spend on the last career project. So those things, if you get headshots once a year, how much do you spend on the photographer and the makeup and the clothes and the reprints mm-hmm. and the getting it up on IMDB and Actors Access? And how much do million you spend? million dollars. <laughs> right. A million dollars. <laughs> so then we divide that by 12. Okay. And that's how much t- technically you need every month. If you're getting headshots every two years, you would add it up. This isn't going to be perfect, but you're going to think, all right, how much do I spend on the photographer? How much blah, blah, blah. And then if it's every two years, you would divide it by 24. If it's like roughly every year and a half, you would divide it by 18. But the thing that is sticking us is we're ignoring that stuff. Yeah. So when we do a budget at Best, we're putting in groceries, gas, like restaurants, rent, mortgage, whatever, right? But we're forgetting, if you have a car, your car needs service. Now, it may not have needed service in the last six months, but how much did you spend on your car this year, Mm -hmm. right? Oil changes, oops, I need two new tires, oops, something broke, brakes, whatever. If I spent $1,200 last year on my car... That's $100 a month that needs to go into my spending plan. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's huge.
0: The categories that are on that that I didn't even think of were like
1: like agent Christmas presents. I was it's, like, why does right. this December seem like such a clusterfuck always? Exactly. So we're going into the most expensive months. So mm-hmm. like if I had someone doing this exercise now... I would want them, when they do the category of gifts, Mm -hmm. I would want them to do a little estimating because I know families, for instance, with kids who in December, they will spend easily a couple thousand dollars on gifts. Yes. That's like 200 bucks a month into your spending plan. Wow. See, when you put it that way. <laughs> right. And so what we're going to end up with, we all, everybody in the, you know, Abundance Found Community, we, we know it as your number. Mm-hmm. And that is what is Sam's monthly number? It doesn't happen every single month, but when you look at the ups and downs, your average number, and then if we times that by 12, that's the amount of money you need on an annual basis to cover the life you're living right now, right? Once you know the life you're living right now, then we can bring some consciousness to some of those categories and we can make some adjustments, Mm -hmm. right? Then you now have a plan. You now have an actual spending plan But that also tells you, it informs you, how much do you need to earn? Because most of us don't know. We're out there working. We're trying to make money. But how much money do we need to support our lives? Because that's a really important question. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So how do you deal with the ups and downs of the actor income for that sort of thing. So for example, say you have the side jobs kind of figured out. You have your plan. You you have enough money to pay for your class, kind of get get by without excess. And then booking a job, you make like two grand for a little non-union commercial or something like that. How do you advise people to move around their money? Should they not work for a couple weeks should they save it should they invest it it's like ooh, right this is the sticky stuff this
1: is the sticky stuff and and I'm going to try and like explain it super clearly because mm-hmm. you probably remember in class like I really draw diagrams for you because we we need to learn how to manage our cash flow because yeah. our cash flow it's easy if your cash flow comes in every two weeks in a regular paycheck can you imagine I know right <laughs> paid vacations, right? Like, there are all those things that we don't have, which means we have to do it differently. So you've figured out your number, Mm -hmm. right? Now, let's just say, because I'm going to use a round number, let's just say that after taxes, you figure out that you need $4,000 a month, Mm -hmm. okay? What that then means is you know you need $48,000 a year, right? Okay. So the first question I would ask is I would ask you to look at, so if we're talking just about actors, right? What I would do is I would look at my last five years of being an actor. And I would look at what did I earn as an actor each year for the last five years years. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a lot of emotion attached to this. Because we all, if we didn't earn a lot one year, we feel like we're terrible people. If we earned a lot, oh, life is wonderful, right? Mm -hmm. But that's just a fundamental aspect of our career. So the reason I'm looking back is because it gives me information. So the first question is, have I ever earned $48,000 acting. That would be my first question. Okay. My second question would be, okay, if I have is it once, is it twice, is it all 5 years, it's just it's just giving me like some facts, mm-hmm. right? Give you context. In context. What has my path been? Has the last five years been all over the place? Thirty thousand one year, two thousand the next year, right? Is it or has it right now been on a slow and steady increase? We know none of this matters. I could have made twelve thousand dollars last year and make next year. And then zero. And then zero, right? (laughs) But it's still relevant information because Mm -hmm. if I need $48,000 and right now my acting career has never earned more than 12, then in my opinion, I need to have a plan for the other 36, (laughs) right? Now, people look at this differently. This isn't for me, me being negative. This is for me, what's my plan so that I can keep acting, right? What's my plan? So I would then want you to say, all right, with the remaining 36,000 in this example, now let's look at your day jobs and make sure that you have clarity around how the day jobs are going to bring in that remaining 36,000. Got it. So then what I would say is until the acting career has earned the 12, mm-hmm. none of it is extra. Right? So when you do a job and you bring in $4,000, you get to put 1,000 of that towards that months bills mm-hmm. because we're counting on 12 for the year. We're counting on 12. We're working for more, hoping for more, but we're only counting on 12. Okay. So if you earned 4000 in one job, 1000 of that counts for this month, 3000 needs to be put away. Got it. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's we can't. It is not possible. We cannot live when I earn I spend when I don't earn. I don't spend when I earn. I spend when I don't. We can't live yeah, that way. Yeah, it's a very it's it's hard to get out of that cycle though. Yes, it is, but it's an impossible way to live. Yeah, because the problem is I can't have rent this month that is fifteen hundred and rent next month that is eight hundred. I can't. My rent is going to stay 1500 Yeah. So, and my groceries are going to stay the same. Sure, I might be able to tighten the belt a little bit, right? But I can't take my $4,000 a month that I need and suddenly make it 2000 I can't. Mm-hmm. So what that means is that when I'm earning six, I still have to live on four. So that when I'm earning two, I can still live on four. Yeah. And- When I'm earning six and I'm earning six for six months and it feels like I'm always going to earn six, Uh I need to still live on four. I need to have been earning six for a long time before I take my expenses up to five or six, but preferably not all the way up to six because that's what we do, right? I think it's hard for... People to hear too, because we have this
0: vision that we know we're going to start working a lot, and then we're going to be able to like do X Y Z or have X Y Z, and then it's just so up and down that you just have to kind of sit with yourself and be okay with not. So, would you recommend putting it in a savings
1: account? Like, and should people have an IRA? Um. So ultimately, yes, we should have an IRA, right? This is an individual retirement account. Um. But in the beginning, we're going to be talking about a savings account. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I encourage is that beyond the money that, like – I would use my savings account at at my bank for just that extra little bit. But anything beyond that, I would move it just into like a a money market account that doesn't have any fees or any minimum balance required where Mm -hmm. I can easily transfer, but that is likely these days to be paying me more like 2% Mm -hmm. rather than the 0.02% that Chase or Wells Fargo or Bank of America is paying you. I have an Acorns account. Okay, so are you feeling that's that was- <laughs> another whole thing. Um my I, fundamentally, I don't have a problem. So Acorns guys is this thing that rounds up, mm-hmm. right? So like when Sam goes to the grocery store, she spends $32. 28 $32.28, it rounds up mm-hmm. and it deposits that extra 72 cents into And then I also
0: put $10 a month in right, there. Right in,
1: like in there. Mm-hmm. So The issue that I have with it is I feel like, again, if we go back to we want to have a good relationship with money, a part of a good relationship isn't set it and forget it, Mm -hmm. right? A part of a good relationship is consciousness, right? And so ultimately, I would want to see you doing investing that is intentional, where instead of rounding up you put away $25 every single month mm-hmm. and you put it away into something that you believe is going to grow right okay. but that way then you can decide when do we make that $50 a month. When mm-hmm. do we make it? 75 a month. But it's conscious as opposed to this, oh, I let them round up and let's see what uh-huh. happens. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I,
0: I, I also have a savings account that I, because I do a lot of 1099 work, Yes, uh, I put
1: 10% of everything I make away. Great. So because you do a lot of 1099 work, I, I know this is going to hurt. No, this is great. 25%. Uh, that I know, is a lot. I know. Because taxes... <laughs> Because yeah. of the taxes. So, every, almost all of the money that I earn is not taxed because I'm mm-hmm. paid into a corporation. I, every check, I immediately transfer 25% I for taxes. The taxes would be, are they above? They're closer to 25? They're definitely closer to 25. Ah, balls. And I know, <laughs> I know. And the thing <laughs> is, is that especially now, and we probably shouldn't dive into this because it's complicated and I'm definitely not an expert, but the the tax tax laws have changed. And the tax laws have changed in a way that really penalizes actors, writers, entertainment industry people. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I am definitely concerned that our community In 2019, when we pay our 2018 taxes, that a lot of us are going to get hit harder than we expected. And I think that 25% of any money that is not being taxed is what should be being saved.
0: Okay. Well, change that in the budget. (laughs) (laughs) That's good to know. Sam here with our second sponsor of the podcast you heard him on a previous bonus episode but i am here with darren from we audition hi darren hi sam how you doing good thanks so much for coming back um we are so excited to present all the one broke actress listeners with the site of we audition and everything they have to offer so give us just like a tiny little vignette of what they need to know Okay, guys, well, weaudition.com is our website where you can rehearse, audition, self-tape and get advice and meet casting directors and directors and producers through video chat from your computer. So you can do it anywhere, anytime, from home and get all these great connections. And we are offering the One Broke Actish listeners a 25% discount on the monthly subscription, which is used by a code broke twenty five b-r-o-k-e 25 just put that in the promo code section and you'll get 25 percent off and registration is free so sign up anyway and decide if you want to be a subscriber later yeah guys check it out i'm super excited to offer this to everyone and only more good things to come so thank you so much darren and thank you we audition and let's get back to the podcast is there any other common mistakes you see actors making with their money,
1: pretty much across the board? Um, so I feel, I mean, there 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 are mistakes we all make. So obviously, the lack of awareness mm-hmm. about what we're doing. I think the investments into our careers, right. We need to invest into our careers, but I think we do it in a very haphazard way. Yes. And so I want you to imagine for a second that I had a company and you were considering investing in my company right? And so you came and you sat down and you said, you know, Miata, let's take a look at your financials, right? Mm Because you would want to see my financials. And so I would show you the financials. And then you might say, great, so you're looking for X amount of investment. Um, How do you intend to invest in the business this year? In 2019, Miata, what will the business be investing in, right? And I want you to imagine that I'm like, well, Sam, I'm kind of gonna I'm gonna see what happens. like, I'm gonna see what comes up. I'm someone who really I like to wait for opportunities, and then when opportunities present themselves, I jump on them, right? <laughs> Are you investing in my company? No, no, right? You're not because you're like,, uh, this company isn't going to be really successful. Yeah, you're I a want mess. to invest you're a mess <laughs> <laughs> right. I want to invest in a company that has a plan, yeah, right? And so. We, as actors, need to be companies that have a plan, right? So at the beginning of the year, I need to decide what are my career goals and how will I be investing in my career this year? So I need to say, what project am I going to shoot a short? Am I going to do a solo show? Am I going to continue with the acting class I'm in now? Is there another acting teacher that I'd like to work with? Am I going to take a break from acting classes and do a series of workshops? What is my career plan? And how much do I intend to invest in that career plan? I'm not saying that when you come to me in three months, and you're like, Miata, this director, who you should really work with, is teaching an intensive workshop. I'm not saying that I'm, nope, Sam, that's not my plan. right? <laughs> but what I'm saying is, I have a plan, which now I have to look at that workshop and say, oh, okay, that workshop costs $1,000. I really believe that's an important workshop for me. Let me look at my plan. What am I willing to change, Mm -hmm. right? Or nothing on my plan am I willing to change. So now I want to add that $1,000 workshop. Okay, what extra work am I willing to do to over the next few months bring in that $1,000? Or I'm going to charge this $1,000 But now, what is my plan for how much extra I will pay on my credit card every month? So it is a planned business Mm -hmm. and I think that's a big mistake we make and I think it affects not just our money it also affects our careers because you know how it is someone will say to me Miata have you thought about voiceovers Miata you should be a hand model Miata you should right (laughs) and and you're thinking it's very overwhelming it's overwhelming Miata you should really shoot with this photographer because and and so we have to have a plan. Otherwise, we're constantly grabbing at, oh, maybe this, oh, maybe this. And it makes us very windy road mm-hmm. as opposed to clearer path.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a lot easier said than done. It but is. I think it's it. we want to do all of those things too because – it seems like it might be the one thing. And it's like, if we book one job off, then this, it'll pay off all of these investments I made into
1: it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and one of the hardest things for me about this job that I do is that, Sam, I am I am a huge believer in dreams, in our goals. Like, I am the biggest, right? Mm-hmm. And I never want anyone to be like oh that dream stealer or that right (laughs) I just believe that without a plan we're wishing right and there's actually a quote like a goal without a plan is just a wish Mm -hmm. right and I want us to have plans because then I feel like we stand the best shot at reaching our goals. No one can tell us whether it's going to be next week or next month or next year or in 20 years, right? But I want us to still be here. And that's the thing that many of us risk when we're not willing. I was the biggest case in point. $80,000 in debt. I was reaching the point we get where this was no longer sustainable, And maybe you're not at that place yet. I don't mean you. Mm -hmm. I just mean in general, our listeners. But what I am trying to do is help create a world where we don't get to breaking points. We, as artists, choose to be powerful as early as possible because that will support us for our lifetimes. Yeah. Right? Well, that's a convincing argument, I suppose.
0: (laughs) How do you balance all of this? Because you're teaching classes, you have your own acting career, you have a whole family. How do you do this in your day to day life?
1: Yeah. So the balance is hard. There's no question, right? I think I spent a lot of time seeking balance. And now I, I feel like I've tried to let go of that word only because I think I had in my head some vision of perfection where it would like all be balanced, this right? This is a
0: common theme I'm hearing these days. Okay. From people. Yeah.
1: And, and I basically think we didn't choose balanced lives right we didn't choose that and we didn't choose it for a reason cuz there's a lot of joy and excitement and life and love and like energy in the lives we chose yeah and that means being out of balance right but for me it has meant that the better i get at planning the better i get at being truthful about my time right actually putting systems around myself, creating support around my life, right? That helps. But um, I, I basically operate that I have, at least at this point, I have four major zones, right? Mm. I have my acting career, I have my Business, which so my acting career is a business, but also I have abundance bound. I have Mm -hmm. the business, I have my family. That's my children and my family and my friends and my husband and you know. So I include family and all Mm -hmm. of that. And then I always make finances a a a zone, right? Okay. Um, And I basically try to have clear goals in all of them in each of those areas but clear so in acting it may be for the course of the year that i have 3 goals with acting with abundance bound 3 goals right and then i just i have a really detailed um list of things to do and I spend time calendaring. Like I could show you my—I use a bullet journal, and it's, it's. Oh, you like those? I like yeah. it just because it's arty, and I use <laughs> pens and you know different color tapes, and it makes it feel not like a chore for mm-hmm. me. Um, but then I really try to get clear about what each week looks like, and therefore what each day looks like. And things come up. Like I had to—I had an audition in Burbank. And they asked to see me at four. Convenient. Great. They asked to see me at (laughs) four. But class didn't end until 3.30, right? But this is where I feel like we panic. So I had a couple of choices. One choice was... I would have simply ended that class early, right? <laughs> and I would have gotten everybody the information later. But the first thing I did was I sent an email and asked, is there any possibility of 4.30? Just to check. Absolutely no problem. 4.30 is fine. We'll actually be here until 5.30. So, you know, so don't be afraid to ask Right, mm-hmm. and then I went in to my. And by the way, the audition came up at like noon, and I was supposed to start teaching at for that 1. day for that Solid. day. Yeah, so I also had to learn it. Like it wasn't a lot of lines. <laughs> yeah. It was a co-star, but I still had to learn it. So I asked for four thirty. I was given four thirty. I finished class at three. I drove to Burbank while. I was safe, guys. But (laughs) at every stoplight, looking at my script, Mm -hmm. I actually made it to Burbank at four. And I spent a half hour outside, didn't go inside, working on it. And I went in and I did it, right? So and then I raced to pick up my kid and then like, you know what I mean? Uh So it's not, it's not perfect, it's not. And I guess if they'd asked to see me at two, I would have canceled class and worked that out later. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have to cross the bridges. You just to have to them. cross the yeah. bridges when you get to them, right? But what I wouldn't trade is I wouldn't trade doing it this way for how I was trying to do it all those years ago. I wouldn't trade knowing that – Um. I want to shoot a reel, like that was something I did this year, I wanted to improve my reel, and I wanted to have more stuff on my reel than I've booked. Like Mm -hmm. it's hard to build a reel with a bunch of, you know, one and two liners, right. And so that cost me some money. And I want to be able to make that investment. Doing my solo show was a life-changing career project. Let's all be real. I earned like nothing doing that. It cost me money, but I'm so grateful that I was able to make that investment, right? Mm -hmm. So I do think it's a choice and that balance is not ever going to really be there. But I try. Yeah. yeah. That's all you can do. That's what I'm figuring out. Yeah. It's all we can do.
0: Uh, okay. So tell everyone, uh,
1: Abundance Bound, uh, the Actors Fund, how yeah. they can take Absolutely. classes, learn things from you. So the Actors Fund, to, to me, to anybody who is Los angeles Andor or New York-based. Now, I actually, um, the Actors Fund just sent me up to San Francisco, so they are expanding a little Great. bit. Yeah, I was just up doing workshops in San Francisco, and I'm now teaching a class online for those people. But if you're New York or LA-based, you can... Take my classes completely for free just through just the like actors fund.
0: Highlight that guys. Yeah. Free. When I signed <laughs> up, I was like, where do I go to put in my credit card?
1: Right. How come no
0: one's asking me? And I asked my friend and she was like, no, it's it's actually for free. I, it's like, free. I don't understand. I don't
1: help me understand. <laughs> and it's so funny because people will take my intro class and I'll then talk about the six-week class. And I just assume they understand it's free. And then there'll always be someone who hangs out a little bit and they're like so I'm really interested in the six-week class how much does it cost I'm like it doesn't cost I anything was, so I, thought, I was
0: like the intro class is free oh it's like an advertiser right, for the, six-week, for the six-week, class. six-week class
1: no it's a free the six-week the class actors is free. fund
0: is incredible they
1: are incredible and so they pay abundance bound so that you don't have to yes. right and then um so actorsfund.org right look for the financial wellness program mm-hmm. you take my intro class which is offered on the first thursday of every month and there'll be links and will be them, links so to all that and then you will be eligible for the six-week class which i offer eight times during the year right and then what abundance bound is there for you for is first of all there are a ton of online resources but i'm also super excited because as i said we're almost 16 years old next year we will be rolling out an online membership super ridiculously affordable i promise (laughs) and like ridiculously affordable and it's going to be all about supporting you in this ongoing relationship amazing with your money. So I'm talking less than the gym. I'm talking less than like, you know, a whole lot of stuff that we pay like really Netflix prices. Okay. Because what I want is I want us to be able to have a relationship with money, nurture a healthy relationship with money with no excuses. Mm -hmm. And I don't want money to be the excuse for not having a relationship with money, right? So for those of you who aren't in New York or LA, or even if you are, right, you remember I said, we're not checking a box, we take a six week class, and then we're done and perfect. It's about What are our ongoing conversations? What are our ongoing habits? What books are we going to read together and talk about so that we continue to grow as financial beings? So that's just AbundanceBound.com and we'll let you know when uh, that launches. So if they get on the email list, they
0: can get that update. Exactly. So yeah. You guys are going to want this. (laughs) That's so cool. I'm going to sign up for it. That's awesome. Is there anything else you want to have people check you out? Some work you've done? Is anywhere you want to direct anyone other than Abundance Bound? Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, you can go to miyataidoga.com and see my acting, (laughs) you know, see my acting work, which I'm always, um, always working to grow and build. And I think that's the thing I want to sort of leave with Sam is that it's a journey, right? And I don't Ever teach this work like I'm done, like I'm now a guru and we should all follow me out of. Like I'm in this, like you are. I am fighting for the auditions and trying to grow, but we can do that from a powerful place. We do not have to be starving artists. I genuinely believe that we do not have to be that, but it's a choice. Right. And it's a choice that takes some work, but it doesn't have to be and in fact shouldn't be painful. Right. And I just want people to know that, like, I teach from the place of being in it. Yeah. Of this is what we're all doing. And as you know, like, I'm willing to I'm willing to share (laughs) $80,000 in debt. Like I'm willing to Be truthful because it's not a shiny, nifty package. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just a commitment to this career that we love, how we do it as powerfully as possible.
0: It's so much more real. I appreciate that so much. And I appreciate you you and your energy. And this is such a cool thing to make
1: people feel. In place in their career and not just floating out there trying to figure it out. Yeah. And we're not alone, right? It's like about community and being surrounded by artists who are like, all right, how do we do this? And do it responsibly. And do it responsibly. (sighs) And I really applaud you because I feel like these podcasts allow us to connect to what's happening and Thank what are you. other people doing
0: and it's trying to figure out we do so much stuff alone you know yeah. we rehearse alone in our cars exactly, like you did for your audition exactly and we right look at our bank statements and wow where's everything going and it's like it's everyone else is is in the same boat we're just right so let's,
1: right next to each other <laughs> <just> anchor up <laughs> yeah we need to we need to like community yeah it's so important yeah That's my jam. Thank you so much for this. Thank you.
0: This was awesome. All right, guys, I will talk to you in just a bit. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you for listening, guys. I hope you learned so much. Miata, thank you for your time, your energy, and your overall dynamicness. Wasn't she great, guys? She's very inspiring and honestly just so real about what it takes to survive in this world we all picked to be in. So, Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for making it through episode 10. Two more to go. Thank you for enjoying the sponsor of this podcast. We audition. We're so excited to have them on board. Check them out. If you guys haven't, use your code. Get your discounted membership. Make sure you're following on Instagram. Rate, review, subscribe. You know the whole drill. Thank you guys so much as always. And I will see you next week.